And all God's people said, amen. Let's give some praise to the Lord for these baptisms today. How about it? I, I hope and I pray, I encourage you to never get over what the Lord has done for you. I, I don't know about your life. Maybe it was kind of a slow journey toward the Lord. But for me, there was a moment where at one point I was not pursuing Jesus in my life. And one, the next moment I realized his pursuit of me and it changed everything for me. I don't want to ever, ever get over that moment. I'm celebrating a new birth, a spiritual birth taking place here today, celebrating these baptisms. But what I know about each of these three is that this is just the beginning. That we will partner with you uh, we will encourage you, support you. Uh, we're going to join with you as you continue to follow Jesus in your life, his calling, his purpose, his favor, his direction for your life. And we've got to be committed. I mean, how many of us know today that we're not meant to do life alone, right? That we need each other. We need that accountability, that encouragement, that support, that prayer, that keep going, that I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to carry you when you can't continue. I'm going to point you to Jesus when you can't see him already in your life. We need one another. I want to give a quick little uh, encouragement to all of us with that that in mind, we do need each other. If you're not connected in a group already, uh, if you're here today, you got a sheet there, uh, a flyer there for you. And on one side, it's got some sermon notes. And then there's a uh, description of life groups. If you're not connected already, or if you're watching online, you can go to getwellchurch.org backslash life groups. If you're not connected already, doing life, getting that encouragement, getting that support, uh, getting that real-time prayer, and not, not just the, oh yeah, I'm going to pray for you, but let's pray together right now over what God is, is stirring in our hearts, your struggles, the things that you're moving toward. If you don't have that in your life, I want to encourage you to not leave today. If you're here, you can use that QR code. If you're at home, go to life groups, uh, getwellchurch.org backslash life groups. You can sign up for a life group today that we can have that support and that encouragement. Now, even as a pastor, uh, there's a lot of times, a lot of times in my life where I struggle to be faithful to what God's calling me to do, to love people that I work with, to love people in the community, to serve and be faithful and love God. Uh, and especially, I think, to love the people who are closest to me. Anybody else struggle with that? To love the people that, that we do life most with? That's what we've been exploring over the last couple of weeks is how do we love the people at the table? The people that, that we spend most of our time with that we say deserve our best but often get us at our worst. So we've talked about how do we love our kids? How do we do that well? How do we love our spouses? Last week we talked about how do we love the prodigals in our lives? We're wrapping up today and we're going to explore loving a group of people that I believe are probably the people that we appreciate the least Probably the people that we understand the least, but it's a group of people that we expect the most from, and that's parents. How do we love our parents well? Out of all the things we've explored this week, this one is the one that's for all of us because every single one of us has got parents in our lives, right? In some form or fashion, 
Uh, we've got people that uh, biologically or who have served as parents in our lives. And the challenge for us is how do I love them well? And God actually gives a very specific commandment about how we love our parents well. As Israel had been freed from Egypt, they'd been freed from slavery and bondage, and God brought them through this miraculous journey into the desert, and they're about to enter into the promised land, and Moses, who God used to bring them out, goes up onto a mountain, and he receives what we have come to be known as the Ten Commandments. And one of these Ten Commandments directs us on how we love our parents. It's in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. I'm going to read it. You can follow along on the screen. It says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, years later, God actually repeats this in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 3. He, he rephrases it and he says this, Each of you must respect your mother and father and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. God commands us, directs us, instructs us to love and honor our parents. Now, what does that word honor mean? In the Hebrew, the word that is used to describe honor, it literally means to give a weight to or to not take lightly. In other words, God is saying we are to take heavy the call to consider, to love, to acknowledge the parents in our lives. And this is so very important for us that we cannot be flippant, but are we seriously considering the role, the needs, the lives of the parents in our lives? Now, why, you might ask, should we take this seriously? What is God leading us to? Why is it so important for God to, to instruct us to honor our parents? Well, for one, I think we take this seriously because God commands it, right? Now, for a lot of us, that's enough. That God is God and I am not. That all the evidence, we, we talked about this uh, several weeks ago in a past series. All the evidence in the world is pointing to the reality that God is creator of the universe. He's the giver of life. And if God says it, then I need to follow it. After all, in my own life, in your lives, in our lives, God time and time and time again has proven himself faithful and reliable and true. So if God says it, then I need to do it. Now, some of us, we might struggle with that. And there's actually another reason that we should take seriously this command to honor our parents. And it's because there is great wisdom in living a life driven by honoring our parents. Because when, when we take the thought, the, the mental approach, the attitude, the heart approach, the spiritual approach, that I'm going to honor my parents, our lives together begin to be shaped in a certain direction where we begin to realize, you know what, I didn't get here on my own. That there are people that contributed to the place that I'm at today. I actually need the wisdom of those who have come before me. I need the help of those who have come before me for good or bad. All the things that have happened in my life up to this point have brought me to this place. And it helps me to wrestle with the reality that, that I can't do things on my own, that I need others, that I don't get here. And there's actually people who would be able to pour into me whether it's a biological parent or someone else, and to wrestle with the reality that all the things, even the bad things, have brought me to where I'm at today. 
And God is using it and God is leveraging it to move me forward to the life that he has for me. Think about this for a second. As you walk through Exodus chapter 20 and you read through the Ten Commandments, or if you jump ahead to Deuteronomy and you read where it's recounted again before they go into the promised land, the Ten Commandments, eight of those commandments are negative in nature. They're the do not commands. You know, do not have any other gods. Do not make idols. Do not take the God, God's name in vain. Don't, do not steal. Do not lie. Do not kill. Do not covet. All, right, all these do not commands. But there are two commands that are positive in nature. You've got eight of these negative in nature, the do nots, that are serving for us a boundary, a, a guardrail in life that we would not hurt ourselves and one another. But there's two that are not a boundary, they're not a guardrail, but they're actually positive to shape our lives, to push us into a way of living, not to protect us, but to push us into a certain way of living. And it's commands four and five that we would honor God with the Sabbath and we would honor our parents. Now, what is the life that God is trying to shape for us? What is the wisdom in this? Is to understand that I can trust God. That's, that's the essence of the fourth commandment, honor God with the Sabbath. I don't have to work on the seventh day because God is holding me. God is greater than my efforts and my work. And, and God is, is favorable. He's moving toward me in my life. He is reliable and trustworthy. And that God can be trusted with the people he's put in my life as well. That whether it's good or bad or somewhere in between, God is faithful to use all of it to move me toward my purpose and to express his love and mercy into my life. God is trustworthy. And in the people that he's placed in my life, I'm called to love them, to honor them, to lift them up in every way that I can. That is shaping our lives that we live together. To not be focused on me, but to say, I'm going to focus on God and how I express his love to all the people around me. Now, if this is true... If God wants to shape our lives together that we can trust him and love him and love others, how do we do it? Well, one thing that I want to lift up for us today is I want to encourage you to have an avenue mindset. An avenue mindset. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is that God has created us to not just give love to us, but to give love through us. And I want to encourage us to think about how can I look for God to love through me? God has created us for that purpose, that his love would flow through us to others, that I could love my neighbor as myself, that I could love God, that I could love my kids, that I could love my spouse, that I could love my prodigal today, that I could love my parents. But many of us, we often forget that and we act like God's love is a dead end in our lives, that God's love is supposed to come to me instead of I'm an avenue and God's love will come through me. Can we take on that mindset, that attitude that, that I'm not supposed to be a dead end, but an avenue? And here's the reality that many of us know in our minds, but we struggle to live it out, is that the world and the people in the world do not exist to serve me. We all know that. If I were to take a survey of everybody here, everybody watching online, and I said, hey, how many of us know that the world does not exist to serve me? Every one of us would raise our hands, right? But how many of us, day after day after day, we look at the people around us, how many of us live with the lives of our parents on into adulthood? And whatever the circumstances may be, deep down in our hearts, we're looking for them to do for us. Rather than asking the question, what can I do for them? 
And again, this, this command is shaping the way that we think that if we would take this seriously, let the weight of it fall on us, we would realize the world doesn't exist to serve me, but I exist to serve others. And I will pursue that life that God has called me. And it's all about this truth is that God is calling you and he's calling me to break and release the chains of the manipulation and the expectations that are driven by what will you do for me today? I wonder how many of us, if we're real honest, our relationships with our parents are driven by manipulation and expectation. Whether we're, we're just overwhelmed with, with all that they've done for us and we live our whole lives trying to live up to it or we're greatly underwhelmed by what we think that they've done and we try to manipulate that relationship to get what we want or we try to drive expectations or we try to rise above and somehow we think that if I can just be enough that I will get what I'm looking for in life. And God said, if you can just trust me that we would let God's love flow through me and realize that I'm a, an avenue for what God wants to do in the world, that I'm not looking for somebody to fill the place of God in my life because God is enough. And I don't need to manipulate, I don't need to control, but I can can let go and just love. So I'm going to take on an avenue mindset. The other thing that I think that we need to realize is that we are created to use our senses. Now, what do I mean by that? You know, we all have those five senses, right? Sight, touch, smell, taste, all those things. If we're really going to honor our parents the way God is commanding, to have a weight to it, to consider them, then we need to understand that honor is tangible. You can see it, you can hear it, you can touch it. It's not just a feeling that I feel, an emotion that, that comes up within me when I think about my parents or when I'm around them, but it's a choice, an action, a decision that I make to live and act in such a way and speak in such a way to benefit the parents in my life. It's tangible, it's real. And in the context of the Hebrew culture, the Hebrew life, and this word that God is lifting up to honor our parents, there's a couple of things that rise to the top. One of those is respect. Am I willing to give respect to my parents? Now, as we talk about respect, I'm not talking about like you, you're so favorable of the decisions and things in their life that you want to live your life that way, that you want to give them respect. That's not what I'm talking about. Respect here means that I would give dignity and acknowledge dignity in this person as a child of God. That whatever the past might be, good, bad, or indifferent, that this is someone that God he loved, he created, he sent his son Jesus to die for, and they have sacred worth, they have sacred value, and I will treat them with dignity. And the worth that they have, it means that I'm not going to bash them in front of other people. I'm not going to speak ill of them. I'm not going to look for ways to hurt them, but I'm going to look for ways to bless them because of the worth that they have. I'm going to look to, to understand who they are and their stories. I wonder how many of us have ever really stopped in life, especially if you've got a broken relationship with your parents. You've ever stopped to say, I wonder what their life has been like. That I could understand where they've been, what they've struggled with, that I can empathize with them. That I would take the spotlight off of me and what I want them to do for me and try to realize this person has worth. And they have a story. And God wants to redeem them and move in and through their life. So we give respect. I think another uh, element of this is that we give concern. That we actually stop and pause and think about what are the needs of this person. 
that I have an interest, show an interest in their well-being, that I become aware of and work toward the needs that they have that I might be able to meet. Not to get something back, not to try to earn favor, not because they've been so awesome, but just because God has put me in a position that I can express being an avenue of his love to them. So I'm going to show concern and, and not looking to get from, but to care for. And then the third thing I want to lift up is that we show affection. That we move with words and actions to communicate compassion and care. And it doesn't have to be built on just some kind of great relationship or wonderful relationship or they've always done. It might be really rocky. And I understand for some of us here today and some of us watching online that this is a struggle. But I can still choose because the love of God in my life to show affection, to communicate with words and actions, compassion and care. That even if it's hard that I can move toward you, I can encourage these people in my life. I can pray for these people in my life to continue to be an avenue of God's love. Now, here's the thing. At the end of the day, whether you have the best relationship you could ever want or you've struggled in your relationship with your parents, at the end of the day, your motivation cannot be this human flesh and blood, but it's gotta be your heavenly father. Look, Ephesians 5.21 says this. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Through the rest of chapter five and chapter six, Paul begins to lay out what our family life can look like. What does it look like to love and honor spouse? What does it look like to love and honor your children? Like Pastor Bill talked about a few weeks ago. What does it look like to honor and love parents? It all begins here that we'd submit to one another, not out of reverence to one another, but out of reverence for Christ. Many of us spend our whole lives obligated, trying to live up to a legacy, trying to respond to this incredible parents that God's placed in our lives, and we feel like we can never measure up. We can never fulfill that call. We can never respond to the, the sacrifices and the love and the care and all that they've given to us, and we just keep running that race. And there's an unhealthy weight in that. Some of us, our attitude is, well, I'm going to rise above. I never got, they never did, they never said, they weren't here, they did this, they did that, and I'm just going to take the high road, and I'm going to just, you know, love them, love them, love them, not because, you know, I, I want to express compassion or mercy, but I'm going to be the better one. And we carry that unhealthy weight. And what Jesus is calling us to is to not love to try to measure up to what was done for us, not love to try to rise above, but I will love out of a response that the love of God has been poured out on me. The mercy of God that's been poured out on me. And again, that we would break those chains of manipulation of those expectations and say, it doesn't matter what has been done or will be done or not done. I'm gonna honor, I'm gonna carry the weight to give you dignity and worth, to show interest in your needs, to express affection and compassion for you. Not because you're the greatest mom or dad in the world, and maybe that you, you are. And not because I'm gonna overcome, but God desires that you would. But because I know 
that at the end of the day, there's a heavenly father that loves me without bounds, without limits, without measure. There's a God that has pursued me when I didn't know that I needed to be pursued. When I didn't have it in me to pursue him, there's a God that pursued me and sent his son Jesus to give everything for me. And not just to give his love to me, but to express his love through me. And there's these individuals in my life, whether it's a biological parent or an adopted parent or somebody that just acted as a parent in your life, there's this person in my life that I have been positioned to express God's love to in a unique way. And I want to leverage that position to honor them. Not because they deserved it or earned it, and maybe they did, but because God has made a way. And the only way that we can do that is to rest in the love of our Heavenly Father. And what breaks my heart is I truly believe that many of us, most of us, spend our lives always questioning, does God really love me? Am I really worthy? Am I really redeemable? Am I really lovable? A lot of us spend our whole lives thinking, well, maybe I've disqualified myself from the love of my father. And we wrestle with that our whole lives when God is speaking abundantly to us. I'm for you. I want to bless you and generation after generation after generation, not with wealth and pleasure, but with my presence and my compassion and my power and my grace and my mercy. I want to encourage you to rest in the love of the Father. And when we rest, you don't ever have to live up to or overcome. You just have to receive. So if you'll stand as we close out, we're going to sing one more time. We've got altar rails available here. If you're here in the building or if you're at home, you can kneel right there where you are. And I just want a simple prayer that every one of us, whether we've, we've received Christ a long time ago or maybe you're still wrestling with it today, that we would rest in the love of the Father that is available to you right now. Nothing you have to do to get it. Just open our hearts and say, I receive it. That you're redeemable, you're worthy, you're lovable because he pursues and chooses you. And that on the other side of that, I can be an avenue that God's love will not stop with me, but it'll move through me. And I will honor my parents. And while I'm at it, I will honor my neighbor and I'll honor my children and I'll honor the people I work with. I'll honor the people I go to church with because God has made a way. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you and we praise you and we celebrate who you are. We thank you that you did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. I pray, Father, for with gratitude and thanks for those of us who have parents that have made every sacrifice and communicated love and compassion and care and encouragement and support every step of the way that have been our cheerleaders. We thank you for them, God, that you place people in our lives that, that have helped us to become who we are. 
I pray for the people here, Lord, who've, who've had broken relationships with their parents. And they're, they're struggling and wrestling through this message right now, trying to figure out how do I express this in my context, in this relationship. Father, I pray that you would break the chains of, of all the hurt and the pain, that you would bring healing, that you would break the chains of manipulation. God, you would break the chains of regret and the brokenness, and you would heal them, Lord, right now, and that they could honor their parents, Lord, not out of response to who they are, but out of response to who you are trusting that you can do a work that we can't do. And that we'll just express the love that is straight from you. Even when we can't muster it up, Lord, we just will express it from straight from you through us. Father, let us be a light in this dark world, not to be served, but to serve. And God, we know to be able to do that, we've got to rest in you. So Lord, Holy Spirit, fill this room, fill living rooms and cars and kitchens and bedrooms and all the places that we watch right now. Holy Spirit, come and move in us. Speak over us, to us, in us, that we are yours, that you love us as we are, not as we should be, that you pursue us before we know to pursue you. God, that you've given everything for us and it is finished, it is done, and we can just receive. Let us rest in you, Father, I pray. In Jesus' wonderful and holy name and in the power of your Holy Spirit, amen.